Standby for Places presents Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare, directed by Frida Matea. Sound design by Graydon Gund, Palomarinos, and Frida Matea. Troth, I think your other rubato were better. No, pray thee, good Meg. I'll wear this. Why my troth? It's not so good. And I warrant your cousin will say so. My cousin is a fool, and thou art another. I'll wear none but this. I like the new tire within excellently, if the hair were a thought browner, and your gown's a most rare fashion, faith. I saw the Duchess of Milan's gown that they praise so. Oh, that exceeds, they say. By my troth, it's but a nightgown in respect of yours. Cloth of gold and cuts and laced with silver, set with pearls, down sleeves, side sleeves and skirts, round underborne with a bluish tinsel, but for a fine, quaint, graceful and excellent fashion, yours is worth ten aunt. God, give me joy to wear it, for my heart is exceedingly heavy. Mm-hmm. Twill be heavier soon by the weight of a man. Fie upon thee! Art thou not ashamed? Of what, lady? Of speaking honorably? Is not marriage honorable in a beggar? Is not your lord honorable without marriage? I think you would have me say, saving your reverence, a husband and bad thinking do not rest true speaking. I'll offend nobody. Is there any harm in the heavier for a husband? None, I think, and it be the right husband and the right wife. Otherwise, tis light and not heavy. Ask my lady Beatrice else. Here she comes. Good morrow, cuz. Good morrow, sweet hero. Why, how now? Do you speak in the sick tune? I am out of all other tune, methinks. Claps into light of love. That goes without a burden. Do you sing it, and I'll dance it. Yea, light of love with your heels. <clears throat> then, if your husband have stables enough, you'll, you'll see he shall lack no barns. Oh, illegitimate construction. I scorn that with my heels. Uh, Tis almost five o'clock, cousin. Tis time you were ready. By my troth, I am exceeding ill. Hi-ho. For a hawk, a horse, or a husband? For the letter that begins them all, H. Well, and you be not turned Turk, there's no more sailing by the star. What means the fool, Trow? Nothing I, but God send everyone their heart's desire. Mm. These gloves the Count sent me, they are an excellent perfume. I am stuffed, cousin, I cannot smell. A maid and stuffed, there's goodly catching of cold. (laughs) Oh, God help me, God help me, how long have you professed apprehension? Even since you left it, doth not my wit become me rarely? It is not seen enough. You should wear it in your cap. Bye bye, Troth, I am sick. <laughs> oh, get you some of this distilled carduous benedictus and lay it to your heart. It is the only thing for a qualm. There thou prickest her with a thistle. Benedictus, why Benedictus? You have some moral in this Benedictus? Moral, no. By my troth, I have no moral meaning. I meant plain holy thistle. You may think, perchance, that I think you are in love. (laughs) Nay, by our lady, I am not such a fool to think what I list, nor I list not to think what I can, nor indeed I cannot think if I would think my heart out of thinking that you are in love, or that you will (sighs) be in love, or that you can (laughs) be in love. Yet, Benedict was such another, and now he is become a man. He swore he would never marry, and yet now, in despite of his heart, he eats his meat without grudging. 
and how you may be converted, uh, I know not, but methinks you look with your eyes as other women do. What pace is this that thy tongue keeps? Not a false gallop. Um. <gasps> Madam, withdraw. The prince, the count, Signor Benedict, Don Juan, and all the gallants of the town are come to fetch you to church. Help to dress me, good cuz, good Meg, good Ursula. What would you with me, honest neighbor? Mary, sir, I would have some confidence with you that discerns you nearly. Brief, I pray you, for you see it is a busy time with me. Mary, this it is, sir. Yes, in truth it is, sir. What is it, my good friend? <laughs> a good man, Virgis, sir, <laughs> speaks a little off the matter. An old man, sir, and his wits are not so blunt as, God help, I would desire they were. But in faith, honest as the skin between his brows. Yes, I thank God I am as honest as any man living that is an old man and no honester than I. Comparisons are odorous, palabras, neighbor virtuous. Neighbors, you are tedious. <laughs> it pleases your worship to say so, but we are the poor duke's officers. But truly, for mine own part, if I were as tedious as a king, I could find it in my heart to bestow it all of your worship. All thy tediousness on, on me, eh? Yea, and twere a thousand pounds more than tis, for I hear as good exclamation on your worship as of any man in the city. And though I be but a poor man, I am glad to hear it. And so am I. I would fain to know what you have to say. Mary, sir, I, I watched tonight expecting your worship's presence and taking a couple of his errant knaves as any in Messina. <laughs> a good old man, sir. He will be talking. As they say, when the age is in, the wit is out. God help us. It is a world to see. Well said, if faith, neighbor Virgis. Well, God's a good man, and two men ride of a horse, one must ride behind. Huh? 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 An honest soul, if faith, sir, by my troth he is, as ever broke bread, but God is to be worshipped, all men are not alike. Alas, good neighbor. Indeed, neighbor, he comes too short of you. <gasps> Gifts that God gives. I must leave you. One word, sir. Our watch, sir, have indeed comprehended two auspicious persons, and we would have them this morning examined before your worship. Take their examination yourself and bring it to me. I am now in great haste, as it may appear to you. It shall be suffocants. Drink some wine ere you go. Very well. My lord, they stay for you to give your daughter to her husband. I'll wait upon them. I'm ready. Go, good partner, go. Get you to Francis C. Cole and, and bid him bring his pen and inkhorn to the jail. We are now to examination these men. And we must do it wisely. We will spare for no wit, I warrant you. Here's that shall drive some of them to a non-come. Only get the learned writer to set down our excommunication. And meet me at the jail! Thank you.
Come, Friar Francis, be brief, only to the plain form of marriage, and you shall recount their particular duties afterwards. You come hither, my lord, to marry this lady? No. To be married to her, Friar. You come to marry her. <laughs> lady, you come hither to be married to this count? I do. If either of you know any inward impediment why you should not be conjoined, I charge you on your souls to utter it. Know you any hero? None, my lord. Know you any, Count? I dare make his answer, none. Oh, what men dare do? What men may do? What men daily do, not knowing what they do? How now, interjections? Why then some be of, of laughing? <laughs> Stand thee by, Friar. Father, by your leave, will you with free and unconstrained soul give me this maid, your daughter? As freely, son, as God did give her me. And what have I to give you back, whose worth may counterpoise this rich and precious gift? Nothing, unless you render her again. Sweet prince, you learn me noble thankfulness. There, Leonardo, take her back again. Give not this rotten orange to your friend. She's but the sign and semblance of her honor. Behold how like a maid she blushes here. Oh, what authority and show of truth can cunning sin cover itself with all? Comes not that blood as modest evidence to witness simple virtue? Would you not swear, all you that see her, that she were a maid by these exterior shows? But she is none! She knows the heat of a luxurious bed. Her blush is guiltiness, not modesty. What do you mean, my lord? Not to be married. Not to knit my soul to an approved wanton. Dear my lord, if you, in your own proof, have vanquished the resistance of her youth and made defeat of her virginity... I know what you would say. If I have known her, you will say she did embrace me as a husband, and so extenuate the forehand sin. No, Leonardo! I never tempted her with word too large, but as a brother to a sister, showed bashful sincerity and comely love. And seemed I ever otherwise to you? Out on thee! Seeming! I will write against it. You seem to me as dying in her orb. As chaste as is the bed ere it be blown. But you are more intemperate in your blood than Venus or, 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 or those pampered animals that rage in savage sensuality. My lord, well, that he doth speak so wide? Sweet prince, why speak not you? What should I speak? I stand dishonored that I've gone about to link my dear friend to a common stale. Are these things spoken, or do I but dream? Sir, they are spoken, and these things are true. This looks not like a nuptial. True? Oh, God! Leonardo, stand I here? Is this the prince? Is this the prince's brother? Is that face heroes? Are our eyes our own? All this is so. But what of this, my lord? Let me but move one question to your daughter, and by that fatherly and kindly power that you have in her, bid her answer truly. I charge thee do so, as thou art my child. Oh, God, defend me. How I am beset. What kind of catechizing call you this? To make you answer truly to your name. Is it not hero? 
Who can blot that name with any just reproach? Marry that can, hero. Hero itself can blot out hero's virtue. <sighs> what man was it he talked with you yesternight out at your window betwixt twelve and one? Now, if you are a maid, answer to this. I talked with no man at that hour, my lord. Why, then you are no maiden. Leonardo, I'm sorry you must hear, upon mine honor, myself, my brother, and the grieved count did see her, hear her, at that hour, last night, talk with a ruffian at her chamber window, who hath indeed, most like a liberal villain, confessed the vile encounters they have had a thousand times in secret. Fie, fie! They are not to be named, my lord, not to be spoken of. There is not chastity enough in language without offense to utter them. Thus, pretty lady, I am sorry for thy much misgovernment. O oh, hero, what a hero hast thou been, if half thy outward graces had been placed about thy thoughts and counsels of thy heart. But fare thee well, most foul, most fair. Farewell, thou pure impiety in impious purity. For thee, I'll lock up all the gates of love, and on my eyelids shall conjecture hang, to turn all beauty into thoughts of harm, and never shall it be more gracious. Hath no man's dagger here a point for me? Why, how now, cousin? Wherefore sink you down? Come, let us go. These things come thus to light, smother her spirits up. How doth the lady? Dead, I think. Help, uncle! Hero! Hero. Uncle, Senior Benedict Friar! Oh, fate, take not away thy heavy hand. Death is the fairest cover for her shame that may be wished for. How now, cousin Hero? Have comfort, lady. Dost thou look up? Yea, wherefore should she not? Wherefore? Why, doth not every earthly thing cry shame upon her? Could she here deny the story that is printed in her blood? Do not live, hero. Do not ope thy eyes, for did I think thou wouldst not quickly die, thought I thy spirits were stronger than thy shames? Myself would, on the rearward of approaches, strike at thy life. Grieved I, I had but one. Chid I that at frugal nature's frame? Oh, one too much by thee. Why had I one? Why ever wast thou lovely in my eyes? Why had I not, with charitable hand, took up a beggar's issue at my gates, who besmirched thus, and mired with infamy? I might have said, no part of it is mine. This shame derives itself from unknown loins. But mine, and mine I loved, and mine I praised, and mine that I was proud on, Mine so much that I myself was to myself, not mine, valuing of her. Why, she, oh, she is fallen into a pit of ink that the wide sea hath drops too few to wash her clean again, and salt too little, which may season give to her foul-tainted flesh. Sir, sir, be patient. For my part, I am so attired in wonder, I know not what to say. Oh, on my soul, my cousin is belied. Lady, were you her bedfellow last night? No, truly not. Although, until last night, I have this twelve month been her bedfellow. Confirmed, confirmed. 
Oh, that is stronger made, which was before barred up with ribs of iron. Would the two princes lie, and Claudio lie, who loved her so, that speaking of her foulness washed it with tears? Hence from her! Let her die. Hear me a little, for I have only been silent so long and given way unto this course of fortune. By noting of the lady, I have marked a thousand blushing apparitions to start into her face, a thousand innocent shames in angel whiteness beat away those blushes. And in her eye there hath appeared a fire to burn the errors that these princes hold against her maiden truth. Call me a fool. Trust not my reading nor my observations, which with experimental seal doth warrant the tenor of my book. Trust not my age, my reverence, calling, nor divinity. If this sweet lady lie not guiltless here under some biting Prior it cannot be. Thou seest that all the grace that she hath left is that she will not add to her damnation a sin of perjury. She not denies it. Why seekst thou then to cover with excuse that which appears in proper nakedness? Lady, what man is he you were accused of? They know that do accuse me. I know none. If I know more of any man alive than that which maiden modesty doth warrant, let all my sins lack mercy. O oh, my father, prove you that any man with me conversed at hours unmeet, or that I yesternight maintained the change of words with any creature. Refuse me, hate me, torture me to death. There is some strange misprision in the princes. Two of them have the very bent of honor, and if their wisdoms be misled in this, the practice of it lives in John the Bastard, whose spirits toil in frame of villainies. I know not. If they speak but truth of her, these hands shall tear her. If they wrong her honor, the proudest of them shall well hear of it. Time hath not yet so dried this blood of mine, nor age so eat up my invention, nor fortune made such havoc of my means, nor my bad life reft me so much of friends, but they shall find, awaked in such kind, both strength of limb and policy of mind, ability and means, and choice of friends to quit me of them throughly. Pause a while, and let my counsel sway you in this case. Your daughter here, the prince is left for dead. Let her a while be secretly kept in, and publish it that she is dead indeed. Maintain a mourning ostentation, and on your family's old monument, hang mournful epitaphs, and do all rites that appertain unto a burial. What shall become of this? What will this do? Mary, this well-carried shall, on her behalf, change slander to remorse. That is some good, but... Not for that dream I on this strange course, but on this travail look for greater birth. She dying, as it must be so maintained upon the instant that she was accused, shall be lamented, pitied, and excused of every hearer. For it so falls out that what we have we prize not to the worth whilst we enjoy it. But being lacked and lost, why, then we rack the value, then we find the virtue that possession would not show us whilst it was ours. So it will fare with Claudio. When he shall hear she died upon his words, the idea of her life shall sweetly creep into his study of imagination, and every lovely organ of her life shall become apparelled in more precious habit, more moving, delicate, and full of life into the eye and prospect of his soul than when she lived indeed. Then shall he mourn, if ever love had interest in his liver, and wish he had not so accused her. No, though 
he thought his accusation true. Let this be so, and doubt not, but success will fashion the event in better shape than I can lay it down in likelihood. But if all aim but this be leveled false, the supposition of the lady's death will quench the wonder of her infamy. And if it sort not well, you may conceal her as best befits her wounded reputation in some reclusive and religious life out of all eyes, tongues, minds, and injuries. Signor Leonardo, let the friar advise you. And though you know my inwardness and love is very much unto the Prince and Claudio, yet, by mine honor, I will deal in this as secretly and justly as your soul should with your body. Being that I flow in grief, the smallest twine may lead me. Tis well consented. Presently away. For to strange sores, strangely they strain the cure. Come, lady, die to live. This wedding day perhaps is but prolonged. Have patience and endure. Lady Beatrice, have you wept all this while? Uh, yeah, and I will weep a while longer. I will not desire that. You have no reason I do it freely. Surely I do believe your fair cousin is wronged. <sighs> How much might the man deserve of me that would right her? Is there any way to show such friendship? <laughs> a very even way, but no such friend. May a man do it? It is a man's office, but not yours. I do love nothing in the world so well as you. Is that not strange? As... Strange as the thing I know not. It were as possible for me to say I love nothing so well as you, but believe me not, and yet I lie not, I, I confess nothing, nor I deny nothing. I am sorry for my cousin. By my sword, Beatrice, thou lovest me. Do not swear and eat it. I will swear by it that you love me, and I will make him eat it that says I love not you. Will you not eat your word? With no sauce that can be devised to it. I protest. I love thee. <laughs> Why, then, God forgive me. What offense, sweet Beatrice? You have stayed me in a happy hour. I was about to protest I loved you. And do it with all thy heart. I love you with so much of my heart that none is left to protest. <laughs> Come. Bid me do anything for thee. Kill Claudio. <sighs> Not for the wide world. You kill me to deny it. Farewell. Tarry, sweet Beatrice. I am gone, though I am here. There is no love in you. Nay, I pray you, let me go. Beatrice. In faith, I will go. But we'll be friends first. You dare easier be friends with me than fight with mine enemy. Is Claudio thine enemy? Is he not approved in the height of villain that hath slandered, scorned, dishonored my kinswoman? Oh, that I were a man! What, bear her in hand until they come to take hands, and then with public accusation, uncovered slander, unmitigated rancor! Oh, God, that I were a man, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Hear me, Beatrice. Talk with a man out of a window, a proper saying. Nay, but Sweet Beatrice. Sweet hero, she is wronged, she is... 
slander cheese undone. Beatrice. Princes and counties. Surely a princely testimony, a goodly count, count comfect, a sweet gallant, surely. Oh, that I were a man for his sake, or that I had any friend would be a man for my sake. But manhood is melted into courtesies, valor into compliment, and men are only turned into tongue, and trim ones too. He is now as valiant as Hercules that only tells a lie and swears it. I cannot be a man with wishing, therefore I will die a woman with grieving. Tarry, good Beatrice, by this hand, I love thee. Use it for my love some other way than swearing by it. Think you in your soul, the Count Claudio hath wronged Hero. Yea, as sure as I have a thought, or a soul. Enough. I am engaged. I will challenge him. I will kiss your hand, and so I leave you. By this hand, Claudio shall render me a dear account. As you hear of me, so think of me. Go, comfort your cousin. I must say she is dead. Then so, farewell. Is our whole dissembly appeared? Oh, a stool and a cushion for the sexton. Which be the malefactors? Mary? That am I and my partner. Nay, that's certain. We have the exhibition to examine. Yeah, but which are the offenders that are to be examined? Let them come before the master constable. Yay, Mary, let them come before me. What is your name, friend? Baraccio. Great. Write down... Baraccio. Yours, Sarah? I am a gentleman, sir, and my name is Conrad. Write down, Master Gentleman Conrad. Masters, do you serve God? Yea, sir. We hope. Write down that they hope... They serve God. And write God first, for God defend, but God should go before such villains. Masters, it is proved already that you are a little better than false knaves, and it will go near to be thought so shortly. <laughs> How answer you for yourselves? Mary, sir, we say we are none. <laughs> a marvelous witty fellow, I assure you. But I will go about with him. Come you hither, sirrah. A word in your ear, sir, I say to you, it is thought you are false knaves. Sir, I say to you, we are none. Well, stand aside. For God, they are both in a tale. Have you writ down that they are none? Master Constable, you go not the way to examine. You must call forth the watch that are their accusers. Yay, Mary. That's the this way. Let the watch come forth! <clears throat> Masters, I charge you, in the prince's name, accuse these men. This man, sir, said that 
Dog John, the prince's brother, was a villain. Write down Prince John a villain. Why, this is flat perjury to call a prince's brother villain? Master Constable. Pray thee, fellow, peace. I do not like thy look. I promise thee. What heard you him el say else? Marry, that he had received a thousand ducats of Don John for accusing the lady hero wrongfully. Flat burglary as ever was committed. Yay, by mass, that is. What else, fellow? And that Count Claudio did mean upon his words to disgrace Harold before the whole assembly and not marry her. Ooh, villain! Thou wilt be condemned into everlasting redemption for this. What else? Uh... This is all. And this is more, masters, than you can deny. Prince John is this morning secretly stolen away. Hero was in this manner accused, in this very manner refused, and upon the grief of this suddenly died. Master Constable, let these men be bound and brought to Leonardo's. I will go before and show him their examination. Come. Let them be opinion. Let them be in the hands of... Off, coxcomb! Oh, God's my life! Where's the sexton? Let him write down the prince's officer, coxcomb. <laughs> Come, bind them, thou naughty varlet. Away! Oh, you are an ass! You are an ass! Dost thou not suspect my place? Dost thou not suspect my years? No! Oh, that he were here to write me down at... Wait, 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 I was, uh, uh, an ass. But masters, remember that I am an ass. Though it be not written down, yet forget not that I am an ass. No. Thou villain, thou art full of piety as shall be proved upon thee by good witness. I am a wise fellow, and, which is more, an officer, and, which is more, a householder, and which is more, as pretty a piece of flesh as in any in Messina, and one that knows the law. Go to, and a rich fellow enough. Go to, and a fellow that hath had losses. And one that hath two gowns and everything handsome about him. Bring him away. Oh, that I had been writ down an ass. If you go on thus, you will kill yourself, and tis not wisdom thus to second grief against yourself. I pray thee cease thy counsel, which falls into my ears as profitless as water in a sieve. Give not me counsel, nor let no comforter delight mine ear, but such a one whose wrongs do suit with mine. Bring me a father that so loved his child, whose joy of her is overwhelmed like mine, and bid him speak patience. Measure his woe, the length and breadth of mine, and let it answer every strain for strain, and thus 
for thus and such a grief for such in every liniment, branch, shape, and form, if such a one will smile and stroke his beard, bid sorrow, wag, cry, ahem, when he should groan, patch grief with proverbs, make misfortune drunk with candle wasters, bring him yet to me, and I of him will gather patience." But there is no such man, for, brother, men can counsel and speak comfort to that grief which they themselves not feel. But tasting it, their counsel turns to passion, which before would give perceptual medicine to rage, fetter strong medicine in silken thread, charm ache with air and agony with words. No, no, tis all men's office to speak patience to those that ring under the load of sorrow, but no man's virtue nor sufficiency to be so moral when he shall endure the like himself. Therefore, give me no counsel. My griefs cry louder than advertisement. Uh, therein do men from children nothing different. I pray thee peace. I will be flesh and blood. For there was never yet philosopher that could endure the toothache patiently. However, they have writ the style of gods and made a push at chance and sufferance. Yet bend not all the harm upon yourself. Make those that do offend you suffer too. There! Thou speaks reason, nay, I will do so. My soul doth tell me hero is belied, and that shall Claudio know. So shall the prince, and all of them that thus dishonor her. Oh, here comes the prince and Claudio hastily. Good den, good den. Good day to you both. Here you, my lords. We have some haste, Leonato. Some haste, my lord. Well, fare you well, my lord. Are you so hasty now? Well, all is one. Nay, do not quarrel with us, good old man. If he could right himself with quarreling, some of us would lie low. Who wrongs him? Mary, thou dost wrong me, thou dissembler thou. Nay, never lay thy hand upon thy sword. I fear thee not. Mary, beshrew my hand. It should give your age such cause of fear and faith. My hand meant nothing to my sword. Tush, tush, man. Never fleer and jest at me. I speak not like a daughter nor a fool, as under privilege of age to brag what I have done being young, or what would do were I not old. No, Claudio, to thy head. Thou hast wronged mine innocent child and me, that I am forced to lay my reverence by, and with gray hairs and bruise of many days, do challenge thee to trial of a man. I say thou hast beloved mine innocent child. Thy slander hath gone through and through her heart, and she lies buried with her ancestors, oh, in a tomb where never scandal slept, save this of hers, framed by thy villainy. My villainy? Thine, Claudio. Thine, I say. You say not right, old man. My lord, my lord, I'll prove it on his body if he dare. Despite his nice fence and his active practice, his may of youth and bloom of lustihood. Away, I will not have to do with you. Canst thou so daff me? Thou hast killed my child. If thou killst me, boy, thou shalt kill a man. He shall kill two of us, and men indeed, but that's no matter. Let him kill one first. Win me and wear me. Let him answer me. Come, follow me, boy. Come, sir boy. Come, follow me. Sir boy, I'll whip you from your foining fence. Nay, as I am a gentleman, I will. Brother. Content yourself. God knows I love my niece, and she is dead, slandered to death by villains. That dare as well answer a man indeed, as I dare take a serpent by the tongue. 
boys, apes, braggarts, jacks, milksops. Brother Anthony. Hold you content. What, man, I know them, yay. And what they weigh, even to the utmost scruple, scrambling, outfacing, fashion-monging boys that lie and cog and flout, deprave and slander, go antically, show outward hideousness, and speak off half a dozen dangerous words, how they might hurt their enemies if they durst, and this is all. But, Brother Antony... Come, tis no matter, do not you meddle. Let me deal in this. Gentlemen, both, we will not make your patience. My heart is sorry for your daughter's death, but on my honor, she was charged with nothing but what was true and very full of proof. My lord, my lord. I will not hear you. No? Come, brother, away. I will be heard. And shall, or some of us, will smart for it. See? See, here comes a man we went to seek. Now, senor, what news? Uh, good day, my lord. Welcome, senor. You are almost come to part almost afraid. I'd like to have had our two noses snapped off with two old men without teeth. <laughs> Leonato and his brother. What thinkest thou? Had we fought, I doubt we should have been too young for them. In a false quarrel, there is no true valor. I came to seek you both. We have been up and down to seek thee. For we are high-proof melancholy and would fain have it beaten away. Would thou use thy wit? <laughs> it is in my scabbard. Shall I draw it? <laughs> Dost thou wear thy wit by thy side? Never any did so. Though very many have been beside their wit, I will bid thee draw, as we do the minstrels. Draw, to pleasure us. As I am an honest man, he looks pale. Art thou sick or angry? What? Courage, man. What, thou care killed a cat? Thou hast meddle enough in thee to kill care. Sir, I shall meet your wit in the career, and you charge it against me. I pray you choose another subject. Nay, then, give him another staff. This last was broke cross. By the slight, he changes more and more. I, I think he be angry indeed. If he be, he knows not how to turn his girdle. Shall I speak a word in your ear? God bless me from a challenge. You are a villain. I just not. I will make it good how you dare, with what you dare, and when you dare. Do be right, or I will protest your cowardice. You have killed a sweet lady, and her death shall fall heavy on you. Let me hear from you. Well, I will meet you, so I may have good cheer. What? A feast? A feast? Faith, I thank you. He hath bid me to a calf's head and a capon, the which, if I do not carve most curiously, seeing my knife's not. Shall I not find a woodcock, too? Sir, your wit ambles well. It goes easily. Fare you well, boy. You know my mind. I will leave you now to your gossip-like humor. You break jests as braggarts do their blades, which, God be thanked, hurt not. My lord, for your many courtesies, I thank you. I must discontinue your company. Your brother, the bastard, has fled from Messina. You have among you killed a sweet and innocent lady. For my lord Lackbeard there, he and I shall meet. Until then, peace be with him. He is in earnest. In most profound earnest. And I'll warrant you for the love of Beatrice. And hath challenged thee? 
most sincerely. What a pretty thing man is when he goes in his doublet and hose and leaves off the wit. He is then a giant to an ape, but then is an ape a doctor to such a man. But, soft you, let, let me be, pluck up my heart and be sad. Did he not say my brother was fled? Come you, sir, if justice cannot tame you, she shall ne'er weigh more reasons in her balance. Nay, and you be a cursing hypocrite once, you must be looked to. How now? Two of my brothers, men bound, Barakio, one? Hearken after their offense, my lord. Officers, what offense have these men done? Mary, sir, they have committed false report. Moreover, they have spoken untruths. Secondarily, they are slanders. Sixth and lastly, they have belied a lady. Thirdly, they have verified unjust things. And to conclude, they are lying knaves. First, I ask thee what they have done. Thirdly, I ask thee what's their offense. Sixth and lastly, why they are committed. And to conclude, what you lay to their charge. Rightly reasoned and in his own division. And by my troth, there's one meaning well suited. Who have you offended, masters? That you are thus bound to your answers. This learned constable is too cunning to be understood. What's your offense? Sweet prince, let me go no farther to mine answer. Do you hear me and let this count kill me? I have deceived even your very eyes. What your wisdoms could not discover, these shallow fools have brought to light. Who in the night overheard me confessing to this man how Don John, your brother, incensed me to slander the Lady Hero. How you were brought into the orchard and saw me court Margaret in Hero's garments. How you disgraced her when you should marry her. My villainy they have upon record, which I had rather seal with my death than repeat over to my shame. The lady is dead upon mine and my master's false accusation. And briefly, I desire nothing but the reward of a villain. Runs not this speech like iron through your blood? I have drunk poison while he uttered it. But did my brother set thee on this? Yea, and paid me richly for the practice of it. He is composed and framed in treachery, and he fled upon this villainy. Sweet hero, now thy image doth appear in the rare semblance that I loved at first. Come, bring away the plaintiffs. By this time our sexton hath reformed... Signor Leonato of the matter. And masters, uh, do not forget to specify when time and place shall serve that I am an ass. Here, here comes Master Signor Leonato and the sexton, too. Which is the villain? Let me see his eyes, that when I note another man like him, I may avoid him. Which of these is he? If you would know your wronger, look on me. Art thou the slave that with thy breath hast killed mine innocent child? Yea, even I alone. No, not so, villain. Thou beliest thyself. Here stand a pair of honorable men. A third is fled that had a hand in it. 
I thank you, princes, for my daughter's death. Record it with your high and worthy deeds. T'was bravely done, if you bethink you of it. I know not how to pray your patience, yet I must speak. Choose your revenge yourself. Impose me to what penance your invention can lay upon my sin. Yet sinned I not, but in mistaking. By my soul, nor I. And yet to satisfy this good old man, I would bend under any weight that he'll enjoin me to. I cannot bid you bid my daughter live. That were impossible. But I pray you both, possess the people in Messina, hear how innocent she died. And if your love can labor aught in sad invention, hang her an epitaph upon her tomb and sing it to her bones. Sing it tonight. Tomorrow morning, come you to my house. And since you could not be my son-in-law, be yet my nephew. My brother hath a daughter, almost the copy of my child that's dead. And she alone is heir to both of us. Give her the right you should have given her cousin. And so dies my revenge. O oh, noble sir, your overkindness doth wring tears from me. I do embrace your offer and dispose for henceforth of poor Claudio. Tomorrow, then, I will expect your coming. Tonight I take my leave. This naughty man shall face to face be brought to Margaret, who I believe was packed in all this wrong, hired to it by your brother. No, by my soul she was not, nor knew not what she did when she spoke to me, but always hath been just and virtuous in anything that I do know by her. <clears throat> Moreover, sir, which indeed is not under white and black, this plaintiff here, the offender, did call me ass. I beseech you, let it be remembered in his punishment. I thank thee for thy care and honest pains. Your worship speaks like a most thankful and reverend youth, and I praise God for you. There's for your pains. Oh, God save the foundation. Go. I discharge thee of thy prisoner, and I thank thee. I leave an errant knave with your worship which I beseech your worship to correct yourself for the example of others. God, keep your worship. I wish your worship well. God, restore you to health. I humbly give you leave to depart. And if a merry meeting may be wished, God, prohibit it. Come, neighbor. Until tomorrow morning, lords, farewell. Farewell, my lords. We look for you tomorrow. We will not fail. Tonight I'll mourn with Hero. Bring you these fellows on. We'll talk with Margaret, how her acquaintance grew with this lewd fellow. Pray thee, sweet Mistress Margaret, deserve well at my hands by helping me to the speech of Beatrice. Oh, will you then write me a sonnet in praise of my beauty? In so high a style, Margaret that no man living shall come over it. Ooh. For in most comely truth, thou deservest it. To have no man come over me? Why, shall I always keep below stairs? Thy wit is as quick as the greyhound's mouth. Mm, it catches. Mm, and yours as blunt as the fencer's foils, which hit, but hurt not. A most manly wit, Margaret. It will not hurt a woman. <laughs> and so, I pray thee, call Beatrice. I give thee the bucklers. 
Oh, give us the swords. We have bucklers of our own. <laughs> if you use them, Margaret, you must put in the pikes with a vice, and they are dangerous weapons for maids. Well, I will call Beatrice to you, who I think hath legs. And therefore will come. The god of love that sits above and knows me and knows me how pitiful I deserve. I mean in singing, but in loving. Leander the good swimmer, Troilus the first employer of panders, and a whole bookful of these quantum carpet mangers, whose names yet run smoothly in the even road of a blank verse. Why, they were never so truly turned over and over as my poor self in love. Mary, I cannot show it in rhyme. I've tried. I can find out no rhyme to lady, but baby, an innocent rhyme. For scorn, horn, that's a hard rhyme. For school, fool, it's a babbling rhyme. Very ominous endings. No, I was not born under a rhyming planet, nor I cannot woo in festival terms. Sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I call thee? Yea, senor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay, but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well now. A and yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came, which is with knowing what hath passed between you and Claudio. Only foul words. And thereupon I will kiss thee. Foul words is but foul wind, foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome, therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frighted the word out of his right sense. Mm. So forcible is thy wit. Mm. But I must tell thee plainly, Claudio undergoes my challenge. And either I must shortly hear from him, or I will subscribe him a coward. Hmm. And I pray thee now, Tell me for which of my bad parts didst thou first fall in love with me? <laughs> for them altogether, which maintain so politic a state of evil that they will not admit any good part to intermingle with them. But for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? Good <laughs> epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think, alas, poor heart. If you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours, for I will never love that which my friend hates. <laughs> Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. <laughs> it appears not in his confession. There's not one wise man among twenty that will praise himself. Oh, an old, old instance, Beatrice, that lived in the line of good neighbors. If a man do not erect... In this oh. age, his own tomb, <laughs> ere he dies, he shall live no longer in monument than the bell rings and the widow weeps. And how long is that, thank you? Question. Why an hour in clamor and a quarter in ream? Hmm. Therefore it is most expedient for the wise if Don Worm, hmm. his conscience, find no impediment to the contrary, to be the trumpet of his own virtues as I am to myself. So much for praising myself, who mm. I myself will bear witness 
is praiseworthy. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, tell me, how doth your cousin? Very ill. And how do you? Very ill, too. Serve God. Love me. And mend. There will I leave you, too. For here comes one in haste. Matthew, you must come to your uncle. Yonder's old coil at home. It is proved my lady hero hath been falsely accused. The prince and Claudio mightily abused. And Don John is the author of all who is fled and gone. Will you come presently? Will you go hear this news, senor? I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in thy eyes. And moreover, I will go with thee to thy uncle's. <laughs> Is this the monument of Leonardo? to death by slanderous tongues was the hero that here lies. Death, in guerdon of her wrongs, gives her fame which never dies. So the life that died with shame lives in death with glorious fame. Thou there upon the tomb, praising her when I am dumb. Now, music sound and sing your solemn.
Good morrow, masters. Put your torches out. The wolves have prayed, and look, the gentle day. Before the wheels of Phobos, round about, dapples the drowsy east with spots of gray. Thank you all, and leave us. Fare you well. Good morrow, masters. Each his several way. Come, let us hence, and put on other weeds, and then to Leonato's we will go. And Hymen now with luckier issue speeds than this for whom we rendered up his woe. Did I not tell you she was innocent? So are the prince and Claudio, who accused her on the error that you heard debated. But Margaret was in some fault for this, although against her will, as it appears in the true course of all the question. Well, I am glad that all things sort so well. And so am I being else by faith and forced to call young Claudio to a reckoning for it. <laughs> well, daughter, and you gentlewomen all, withdraw into a chamber by yourselves, and when I send for you, come hither masked. The prince and Claudio promised by this hour to visit me. You know your office, brother. You must be father to your brother's daughter, and give her to young Claudio. Which I will do with confirmed countenance. Friar, I must entreat your pains, I think. To do what, senor? To bind me, or undo me, one of them. <laughs> senor Leonardo, truth it is, good, good senor. Your niece regards me with an eye of favor. That I, my daughter, lent her. Tis most true. And I do with an eye of love requite her. The sight whereof I think you had from me, from Claudio and the prince, but what's your will? Your answer, sir, is enigmatical. But for my will, my will is your goodwill may stand with ours. This day to be conjoined in the state of honorable marriage, in which, good friar, I shall desire your help. My heart is with your liking. <laughs> and my help. Here comes the prince and Claudio. Good morrow to this fair assembly. Good morrow, Prince. Good morrow. Claudio, we here attend you. Are you yet determined today to marry with my brother's daughter? I hold my mind. Call her forth, brother. Here's the friar ready. Good morrow, Benedict. Why, what's the matter that you have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm and cloudiness? I think he thinks upon the savage bull. Tush, fear not, man. We'll tip thy homes with gold, and all Europa shall rejoice at thee, as once Europa did at Lusty Jove, when he would play the noble beast in love. Bull Jove, sir, had an amiable low, and some such strange bull leaped your father's cow, and got a calf in that same noble feet, much like to you, for you have just his bleat. For this I owe you. Here comes other reckonings. Which is the lady I must seize upon? This same is she, and I do give you her. Why, then she's mine. Sweet, let me see your face. No, that you shall not, till you take her hand before this friar and swear to marry her. Give me your hand. Before this holy friar, I am your husband, if you like of me. And when I lived, I was your other wife. And when you loved, you were my other husband. 
another hero? Nothing's certainer. <laughs> One hero died defiled, but I do live. And surely as I live, I am a maid. The former hero. The hero that is dead. She died, my lord, but whilst her slander lives. All this amazement I can qualify. When after that the holy rites are ended, I'll tell you largely of fair hero's death. Meantime, let wonder seem familiar, and to the chapel let us presently. Uh, soft and fair, friar. Which is Beatrice? I answer to that name. What is your will? Do not you love me? <laughs> Why? No. Uh, no more than reason. Why then, your uncle and the prince and Claudio have been deceived. They swore you did. Do not you love me? Troth, no. Oh. Uh, no more than reason. Why then, my cousin Margaret and Ursula are much deceived, for they did swear you did. They swore that you were almost sick for me. They swore that you were well-nigh dead for me. Tis no such matter. Then you do not love me. No, truly. But in friendly recompense. Come, cousin, I am sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn upon it that he loves her. For here's a paper written in his hand, a halting sonnet of his own pure oh. frame, fashioned to Beatrice. And here's another, written in my cousin's hand, stolen from her pocket, containing her affection to Benedict. A miracle! Here's our own hands against our hearts. Come. I will have thee, <laughs> but by this light I take thee for pity. I would not deny you, but by this good day I yield upon great persuasion, and partly to save your life, for I was told you were in a consumption. Peace! I will stop your mouth. <laughs> How dost thou, Benedict, the merry man? I tell thee what, Prince. A college of witcrackers cannot flout me out of my humor. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an epigram? No. If a man will be beaten with brains, I shall wear nothing handsome about him. In brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose that the world can say against it. And therefore never flouted me for what I have said against it. For a man is a giddy thing. And this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio, I did think to have beaten thee. But in that thou art like to be my kinsman, live unbruised, and love my cousin. I had well hoped thou wouldst have denied Beatrice that I might have cudgeled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer. Which, out of question, thou wilt be, if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrowly to you. <laughs> come, come, we are friends. Let's have a dance ere we are married, that we may lighten our own hearts and our wives' heels. We'll have dancing afterward. First of my word, therefore play music. Prince, thou art sad. Get thee a wife. <laughs> Get thee a wife! There is no staff more reverend than one tipped with horn. My lord, your brother John is taken in flight and brought with armed men back to Messina. Think not on him till tomorrow. I'll devise thee brave punishments for him. 
Strike up, pipers! <laughs> This production stars Jonas Baranka, William Burns, Scott Corey, Nicholas DiPiero, E. James Ford, Julia Hoffman, Michael Thomas Holmes, Gabby Van Horn, Asa James, Scott Kalberer, Lauren Timak, Deborah Offner, Ron Peretti, Kevin Sebastian, Anna Stefanik, and Dana Watkins. We hope you enjoyed this Stand By for Places production. If you want to hear more radio plays, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. New episodes come out every Wednesday. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces and Instagram at standbyforplacespod. <laughs>